Darren K2T. Yo, this is Toby Colossus. And you are listening to the Think Breaks podcast. Welcome back to Think Breaks. It is season two, episode four. And it's finally time for the greatest crossover in drum and bass. We have with us a producer who's seen release on Sunny Moves Default Records and also has a forthcoming bit in Beats and Mind. Um, but most of you will definitely know him as the host of the Last Week Liquid podcast. It's the one and only Mill Street! Oi! <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Great to have you um, on, man. Thanks a lot. It feels so weird having somebody introduce you. Yeah, <laughs> being you know? on the other side, right? Yeah, um, it's so, so strange. But yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Just for um, any people who may not know you, do you want to give a quick introduction on yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm Simon. I produce uh, drum and bass under the alias Mill Street. And I guess a lot of people mostly know me for the Last Week Liquid podcast, which I started back in September of last year. Uh, it's a weekly weekly podcast dedicated to drum and bass, talking with drum and bass producers, DJs, vocalists, label managers, etc. Um, so on a weekly basis, I have a different guest every time. And yeah, we just chat. Uh, and so that comes out mostly on audio format on Spotify, Apple, etc. Uh, which has been awesome and a, a great, I don't know, like super rewarding experience, but we can jump into that later on. Um, so that's the main thing. And then I produce under Mill Street, but still very like early stages, I'd say, in my uh, production career. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm from Belgium, but I live in Ireland at the moment. Uh, yeah, that's about me. That's me. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, feels really strange talking about myself. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know can imagine mean, how yeah. surreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who asks the questions. <laughs> <laughs> but um as of recording i believe episode 31 just went out is that right or is it coming out i know uh, you've passed 30 yeah yeah so episode so we're recording this on saturday so yes. episode 31 will be uh this coming monday so mm-hmm. i just crossed uh episode 30 yeah yeah amazing amazing and that's obviously a weekly basis since september which is incredible really to do it absolutely amazing yeah (laughs) absolutely amazing um i have to ask um because obviously you're quite new to the scene as you said yourself um with both your production and with the podcast what made you think from the start from almost the start of your career that yes i want to do a podcast about this and talk to people what was the the ticking factor? Yeah, um, yeah. Just before I answer that, I, I quickly want to shout out uh, Toby as well, who was my second guest on the podcast. I just want to make sure I I put that out before I forget at some point. But <laughs> that was like a like I'm super grateful for for you, Tobes, coming on. Like it was just oh, a it, was, second. it was great fun as well. Honestly, like me and Jack said the same thing. Like we were both so blown away at your like professionalism, you know, mm. <laughs> just just yeah. how uh, committed to it. You know, like yeah. we kind of got a sense that it was going to do very well, <laughs> which obviously 31 yeah, weeks later, it's just been, <laughs> you know, on the dot. Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate that. But just wanted to shout that out because people might not know that you you came on the show. So yeah. um, give the episode a listen as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Episode two. Um, so, yeah, I guess. The, um, so so basically, if, 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 if I scroll back a bit, so early 2020, 
was when, like January 2020, was when I decided to take production more seriously. Because um, I had been dabbling with production, drone based other styles for a number of years, like a lot of people, but really like on and off and maybe actually finishing one track a year, like that kind of stuff, like really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the thing I realized was that when I actually finished a track or even when I was like making a track and it was really bringing me a lot of like satisfaction and pleasure. Like I really enjoyed doing it, but I realized that it was, it was also a commitment. Like music d- doesn't just happen to you. You have to kind of commit to time and sit down behind your laptop and, and actually do it. Um, to get to that part where you enjoy doing it. Like it's a bit of a contradiction mm-hmm. in, in itself. But uh, so, so 2020, like January 2020 was like, okay, like I love doing music. I've always been involved in music, like in, in bands and, and stuff before then. But okay, I want to focus on electronic music production and, and drum and bass is the one that really appeals to me the most. So that was like the conscious decision. So start producing more, joined the DNB Academy, uh, by by human nature, uh, probably in February March of that year, um, and then got two tracks signed quite quickly. Sunny moves, which I'll be like eternally grateful to those guys for like putting out my first piece of music. Um, that was like a like I still remember when Jack from Sunny Moves reached out and and was like, oh, I heard this this track of yours because he was joining one of the sessions on the DNB Academy and. And he heard like the early demo and he was like, mate, once this one is finished, we'd love to sign it. And like, that was like, for me, that was like huge. Like the, and it's obviously it's a, it's a quite a new label. It's not an established label or anything. It's not by far my best tracks or anything, but like, it still meant really a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm going off on a, on a lot of tangents here. So feel free to redirect me if, if, if need be. <laughs> no, no, Honestly, no, no. I think, I think that is, uh, this show's middle name tan- tangent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Big tangent podcast. laughs> so yeah, you're in the right place. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, and so, so yeah, so basically tying it back to the podcast. So one thing I, I realized quite early on, uh, when I started producing more was the amount of music that was being put out. Cause as you said, I'm quite new to the scene in terms of like knowing the labels and knowing the, like the people within like the, the, the figureheads, so to speak, even though I've been listening to drum and bass since like 10 plus years, which might not seem like a lot, but like 10, 15 mm. years, I've been listening to drum and bass as a fan, just not being in the scene, so to speak. So once I started producing, got more like into the scene and realized, okay, there's so much music coming out. How the hell am I going to stand out? Basically, like mm. if if I'm just doing my music, which is great, a lot of people do that. But I realized that for me, it was going to take a very long time for like for people to really notice me or notice my music if I wasn't doing something on top. Um, and podcasting was just something I've I've always loved as a as a listener. I've always been listening to to podcasts for forever, and not not the drum and bass podcast like music mixes, but like just podcasts on other topics uh, that I enjoy listening and learning about. I've always listened to way too many podcasts. I prob- if, I, if I counted the hours, it'd be like probably shocking. But uh, so yeah, it all came together probably around like July of last year where I uh, quit my job. I was living in Hong Kong, quit my job that I really didn't enjoy and was kind of thinking about my next move and didn't want to jump in another job 
straight away without really thinking about what I wanted to do. And so I was like sitting at home thinking, okay, so I have this music thing. I love podcasting and kind of put the pieces together and realized there wasn't really a podcast that existed where um, a podcast that existed where the guests were the artists that I liked to listen to. So not your like net skies dimension, etc., but like just the entry level, so to speak, mm, uh, artists. Yeah. Mm. Um, just the ones I love to to listen to that come on the, the some smaller labels, etc. And I was like, okay, like I, I I kind of saw a niche there to do also something that would be weekly because a lot of podcasts I would listen to would be on a on a weekly basis, and and it just kind of started from there. Just brainstormed a bit about the concept um, and all of that, and then just kind of jumped straight in, <laughs> and yeah. it's been going going for thirty weeks now. Yeah. It's interesting because um, I remember when I listened to your first episode, it almost felt like you've been podcasting for years. Like you sounded very natural as a host. And yeah. I'm curious to know what, because um, you say you've been listening to a lot of podcasts, what podcast influenced you in your hosting style? Because every host has their own distinct style, yeah. isn't that right? So I'm curious yeah. to know what influence, what podcast was the one that made you think, yeah. mm, I'd love to host like this. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great question, and thanks for the the compliment. When I listened back to my first episode, obviously hugely grateful to, to Jack Echo Motion who jumped on without asking any question, without nothing. He was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Like we hadn't even talked beforehand or anything. I was just like reaching out because I loved his music. So mm. again, hugely grateful to him for actually starting the podcast. <laughs> um, and when I listened back to that episode, I've I find myself super cringy and I feel I've I've evolved and improved quite a lot since then. Um, but I take the compliment. I accept the compliment. Uh, it's something I need to work on. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, but to your, to your question, yeah. So um, some podcasts I love to listen to. Um, basically, the, the ones I really like and connect with are the ones where the host doesn't talk that much. Uh, you you might get a lot of podcast interview formats where the host is constantly jumping in with his opinion and stuff, which, which is great at times. You want an actual discussion. But I found the ones that uh, I really enjoyed were the ones where the host would really step back from time to time and just less, let the guest speak. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's something I've learned, actually, is that you need to be comfortable with silence. Um, so when you're you ask a question, your guest starts answering. He, the guest will tend to like finish his answer quite quickly, and then there's going to be a brief pause. If you can just like be comfortable with that pause and just wait for a second, the guest yeah. will actually continue on something else, yeah. and then you yeah. might reach like another point. Um, and so, just to answer your actual question, uh, those would be like uh, Joe Rogan can be very good at this. Um, He's obviously a bit controversial in terms of the topics and the things, but as an interviewer, he's one of the best. Yeah. Um, Sam Harris is a guy I really enjoy. It's a more philosophical type of podcast and more deep stuff, but uh, he's an amazing interviewer as well. Um, I'd say those two would be, yeah, two that I, 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 I really studied actually quite a bit before starting a podcast. Like, okay, 
which podcast do I like to listen to? How do they ask questions? How do they interact with the guests? Uh, so, yeah. Mm. I guess especially in, um, in our scene where there aren't many podcasts like this. I mean, there's us, there's you, there's the guys at Eamon Brother, Workforces Podcast, etc., etc. <clears throat> it's only sort of in the last two years that you've yeah. had these podcasts sort of grow. And I think there's a lot of people in our scene who'd, who just like to talk and yeah. want that opportunity to yeah, talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's why you probably had such success getting some of these bigger names that you managed to pull as well. Because mm. at, at one point you might be thinking, oh, they may be a bit out of my reach. But mm. from their, their pers perspective, they'll be thinking, oh, but great. What an opportunity, you know? Like, when am I going to get another opportunity to come on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Joe Rogan's going to hit you up, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And... Yeah, again, I'm like hugely grateful to obviously anybody that agrees to come on my podcast, but I guess especially those bigger names, quote unquote, that don't need to come on, like they don't mm. need to spread anything about their name. Like people know, like Zero T, for example, yeah. he's obviously yeah, like... Yeah, I was really shocked that you managed that, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic. It's like, he's such a big name. Yeah, and honestly, that's one of the... Um, I think it's one of the things I wanted to talk about in like my episode 30 was just a solo episode where I was kind of sharing my uh, like insights and kind of summarizing my learnings from the 30 episodes. And one thing I wanted to fit in, but I, I didn't really manage to fit it in was um, like people are really nice in drone base. Like mm. <laughs> uh, there's, there can be a, a lot of drama and a lot of, of BS on Facebook groups and, and the likes, but Actually, people are really nice, and that's one great example, like Zero T Keen. I had never spoken with him. I had maybe interacted a tiny bit on Twitter, like commenting and stuff. And then I just sent him a sent him an email saying, okay, I have this podcast. Would you like to come on? He was like, yeah, sure. And that was it. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, really, as, it's really as simple as that. And so, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, maybe like for up-and-coming producers who want to c collaborate or whatever, like just reach out to people, like, 99% of them are like really nice. <laughs> the worst that can happen is a no. It, they're never going to yeah. be like, no, yeah, exactly, you suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I've got plenty of, like maybe not so many like no's straight to my face, but more like people just not acknowledging an email or a message. Mm. And, yeah, exactly. Which is fine because either they don't see it or they're not into it or they're too busy, whatever, that's fine. Mm. And but, you can um, just move on. Yeah, but most people just come back and say, yeah, I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting you mentioned episode 30 as well about the whole fact of you talking about what you've learned because we've got a question from one of our patrons so shouts awesome. to Harry Ransom and well he's actually got a number of questions but this one I want to bring forward to you so um, yeah. since the last 30 episodes uh, you've obviously spoken to a number of people uh, label owners artists, singers etc 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 from listening to these people, how much, if at all, has your own work changed? Hmm. Mm. That's a good one. So, I mean, he does he mean in terms of like my music production? Or? Your production, I assume. Yeah, it just as has um, as a newer artist, has your own work changed from these interviews? Yeah, yeah. So honestly, I've picked up so many like small tips like here and there just speaking with mm. people about their and that was like one of the goals like selfishly as well was like like what one perfect example was uh like henry for example 
I'm like a huge fan of his music. He's like one mm. of, if not the um, the artist where I remember the tune and I talked about it when he came on on the show. Um, fleeting, fleeting moments where I heard it and I was like, okay, I want to make a track like this, like the, And that was, uh, I think, one of my f first uh, memories of like hearing a track and then actually getting in my DAW and trying to remake it. And so that was one example where I just wanted to talk with him and understand, okay, like your bass sound is really recognizable and your drums are really recognizable. How do you do it? <laughs> and so I, I just wasn't finding that information online because like, obviously he, he wasn't doing interviews or anything like that. So I was like, so that was like one of the reasons also starting a podcast was like very selfishly, like I want to learn stuff that I'm not finding. <laughs> um, and so in terms of, yeah, so there's like a ton of little bits left and right that I kind of picked up. Um, I'd say one thing I mentioned on the <clears throat> that episode 30 was um, not comparing your track too early on. Uh, that's something I tend to mm -hmm. do uh, quite a lot starting. Like I barely had a sketch and I already had a reference track in my project. And I yeah, quickly understood, especially speaking with um, Hirith, uh, that there's no point doing that when it's too early on because you're just going to get like depressed about mm. your stupid little sketch <laughs> because obviously it's just a sketch. So there's no point. And I think Willem talked about this as well, that comparing yourself too early on doesn't make, doesn't make sense. So that's something I've really picked up is like I'm not taking, I'm not comparing my sketch to anything else until it actually sounds like a finished tune, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing I picked up. Um, another thing I picked up uh, is just, if you can keep it simple, that's better. <laughs> like, I, I think I, I picked this up from Telomic, uh, Elliot, who actually, like, big shout out, I think he was on episode 12, and he was, like, one of my, like, big catches, so to speak. Mm. I, at least, and that's funny when, like, we were talking earlier, like, in my mind, like, there was no way Telomic was coming on my show. Like, because as a mm. fan of the music, I was like, yeah, there's no way this guy wants to talk to me. And I just, I just, I remember the, the actual day, I, I was just like feeling kind of positive and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll send him a message now because I, I was kind of putting it, pushing it back. And he came back like within 20 minutes, like, yeah, sure. I was like, yeah. fuck me okay he, he's a prime example <laughs> of one of these producers who's just a super lovely guy yeah yeah shout out he's amazing and obviously his music is oh, is yeah. one of my favorite within within the scene but one thing i picked up from him was uh like if you if if your snare if you take a sample of a snare and it sounds good within your track that's it like you don't mm. have to layer it you don't have to compress yeah. it you don't exactly. have to eat like all these steps that you would usually need to do, if it sounds good within your track, keep it simple. Like you yeah. don't have to layer mm. a ton of breaks and sometimes yeah. it's needed, but like that's one thing I picked up from him was like, not everything has to be super complicated. It can be simple sure. sometimes as well. That's why it's like correctional processing, you know? It's like correctional if it needs yeah. correcting. If something doesn't need correcting, then <laughs> you don't really need to do that, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I think also when you go to the internet as well, there's often the 
misconception that everything needs to be hugely processed and so yeah, on yeah. because the production quality of drum and bass is so high. Mm. Yeah. It's only when you talk to these people that you just you learn that, you know, a lot of their tunes, they keep it simple. And yeah. they do and what works for them. Yeah. And it, and it's actually like one of my like I wouldn't say one of my issues, but like something I see with D and B or like just music production tutorials on YouTube is that people who are going to put up tutorials, usually they're going to explain something that's quite complex. Like there's going to be a lot of steps and processes because that's why they're doing a tutorial. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's putting up a tutorial saying, oh, just take a sample of a snare and that's it. Like that, because then you don't have a tutorial. Yeah, but then, yeah. then you get kind of biased because when you're looking for how to make a sound, everything seems complicated because that's what people are putting out on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like contradictory again and so i think it's a good reminder from time to time that things can be simple and uh and actually shout out to um one of my favorite channels uh, stranger who's mm, yeah. uh, who actually by the time this episode is out he i just recorded an episode with him and i love his tutorials because he he can make like he can simplify things like he he can i think his motto is like demystify music production and yeah he really does that with his channel um so yeah uh, again super long answers here sorry guys no no it's all right we love it we love it we love it (laughs) (laughs) the less we say the better yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly um i've got another question here from our patrons as well um so this this might be a quite a thinking question, but is there anything you heard in an earlier interview that, I don't know, it made sense to you at that time, but then when you spoke to someone in a later episode, it's, mm. um, it changed what you thought of that earlier thing? <laughs> that's, yeah. There's that's levels a, to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's an onion of a question. There's so many layers you can peel back. Um, I, there, there's a few... Because obviously music and the way you make music and even like promote it, it's all very subjective. There's mm, no one course. right way to do it. And so the more people you speak to, the more different opinions you'll get. And <laughs> sometimes I do end up like wondering, okay, wait, so what is like the best way for, for me or what do I believe in? Like, because you hear a lot of like convincing arguments. I'd say what, one that comes back is... Um, like uh, on the topic of making music every day, so like dedicating one hour every day to to make music and and stay in it. Uh, like the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, this like absolutely makes makes sense. Uh, like just spending one hour every day, maybe not doing a full track, obviously, but like doing sound design or sample selection, or and just getting in that habit of of doing it every day is something that yeah makes makes a ton of sense. But then I've also heard like different opinions of like music is still an art and mm-hmm. you can't really force it and you have to mm-hmm. f- feel there has to be feeling when you're writing a track like it has to come from a genuine place of I want to make art absolutely even though that yeah. sound that sounds very lofty but I think there's truth to it, it absolutely yeah of course yeah. and so that's one example where I've heard like both sides of the argument and i'm not quite sure where i lie yet because <laughs> i think both have yeah. value and yeah um and i think it maybe depends on where you're at in your production career so to speak or 
uh, if you're feeling like, okay, for the next month, this is a challenge I want to set for myself and do one hour every day, that's fine. Um, so I kind of shift between those two. And the other one, uh, I just want to, yeah, I'd love to get your t uh, your opinion on, is uh, the kind of quantity versus quality debate. Because mm. um, mm -hmm. there's a big... Uh, I'd say a big tendency or push to put out as much music as possible because out of quantity comes quality. Because if you're spending mm. one year to actually finish a track, like you're never going to get anywhere. But then there's the opposite side of the spectrum where people put out really a ton and a ton of music. Mm -hmm. And so that's another area where I, I'm not sure either where I lie exactly. I'd, and I'm, I'd be super interested in, in hearing what you guys think. But like the value of putting out really a ton of tracks just so that a few of them can really shine versus focusing more on each track individually. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Toby, if you want to go first. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so for me, I don't, I don't really have a problem with people that put out like... Uh, as much music as they want to put out um i do think that there is a lot of truth in that whole quantity mm. equals quality but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to release all of it you know yeah <laughs> like for me for example i make a lot of music like i haven't released anything for quite a while i only release bits here and there but <laughs> behind mm. the scenes i'm like working away making all kinds of weird shit you know <laughs> that yeah. most people don't hear and probably won't really hear um so yeah uh, i guess people take different um different directions like f if you look at like galaxy for example uh qu until quite recently when they've been signed to shogun they only really put out a release like once a year like they've got a big album mm. usually each year and then one kind of big single from that or whatever and it kind of works for them but i imagine they probably still are like in the studio a lot just kind of, of practicing course. and just doing bits you know and honing their craft mm. um but yeah, to try and say what, where I stand on it all, it's, yeah, I, I'm kind of open to both sides, you know, and if someone's mm. been successful by just like really kind of pumping out and, and just grafting, then yeah, that's fair. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, my yeah, opinion yeah. on that. Mm. <laughs> um, I almost think that both of those points about making music an hour every day, as well as quantity and quality, almost bleed into each other in a way. Because... Oh, um, but with the whole hour a day thing, I'm not sure I fully agree with that because maybe there's a day where, you know, you're having an awful day, you feel awful. Yeah. <laughs> that that hour will most likely be wasted if you're sitting in front of whatever door you use and just try and do something because you exactly. wouldn't be in that mindset to create. Mm. And that hour could be spent doing something a bit more fulfilling in life. Like, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Force, forcing an idea will most likely, almost 90% of the time, be a, be a bad idea, I think. Yeah. And just touching uh, on what you're saying there, sometimes I find having like a fair few days off music is that exactly. for me, obviously it's very subjective, but for me is way more beneficial than it would be if I was forcing myself to do it. Yeah. Because you almost need those lulls to then have your comeback, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, like even recently, I spent about a month and a half or so not making any music, not even touching 
to draw mm. at all. And now I'm actually starting to make stuff again. And not only am I getting ideas down quicker, but I realise that I'm happy with the ideas I put down. Put down. Mm. Whereas before yeah. I'd just be like, uh, is this okay? Hmm, I don't know. Let me just quickly send it to Jack and see what he thinks. <laughs> um, but now when I'm sending something to like Jack or Toby or someone, I'll be like, you know what? I'm quite proud of this. What do you yeah, think? You, you, you come, come out with a bit of confidence, you know, which is great. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the whole thing with quantity and quality, I, so I think it's a trap. A lot of people when they start out fall into, because I did the yeah. same four years ago where mm. I thought, okay, I finished this track. Let me put it out. I finished this one. Let me put it out and yeah. so on. And I, I'm not saying I regret any of the tunes. I think, I always think that if I cringe at my older work, it's dismissing the pride I had back in the day. So yeah, like, yeah, good, yeah. that's a good way yeah. of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll never ever say that I cringed at like my first release or something because yeah, mm. I just can't bring it in myself to say it. But at the same time, I think all those tunes I put out, sure, they sound okay. But if I probably took a bit more time, then maybe more of them would have sounded great. Yeah. Um, and even now, like, I try and make music, like, I've got loads of ideas with, like, a lot of collaborate, collaborations and stuff going. But at the same time, being quite picky in what sounds finished, does this need more work? And then I'll go, mm. all right, let me put this out, either on Detached or send it out mm. to someone. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a bit half and half, but I do yeah, think yeah. that the idea of quantity at first comes a lot when you're newer. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think... Coming back to what Toby was saying, is like the Galaxy guys, like they've reached a point where they can allow themselves to put out just one piece mm, yeah. uh, of, of of music a year. If I was to do that now, like put out one EP a year, in ten years' time, nobody would know who I was. Like, because exactly. <laughs> yeah. you just need yeah. to you just need to put out more music at the start. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess the I guess where I stand is is is. I guess it's important for people to remember that everybody's different and everybody yeah. has a different way of of working and being efficient and and everybody has different goals so yeah so that's true, why true I that. think yeah and so that's why I think when people say oh you should be doing one hour every day or you should be uh yeah. designing designing your own drums or whatever it's, it's like, like that's your no, opinion yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly like no no like that doesn't apply to everybody like if if you're really starting should be should you be designing your own drums like i don't think so no. like not when you're starting so so it's like it's just keeping in mind when you're starting that yeah everybody's different and if something works for you like stick with that regardless of what uh, other people might say yeah. Yeah. yeah the word should doesn't really apply in a creative field yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No right and no wrong in music or art, yeah. for that matter. You know, there's, there's definitely exactly. guidelines, of course. Like, oh yeah. For example, yeah. like you know, don't put reverb on your sub and stuff like that. <laughs> but for the most part, like ninety percent of things, it is do what works for you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've got some more questions about the podcast here, uh, Simon. And yep. this might be quite a thinker as well, because who knows, maybe you've already had these, but we've got, what are your current top, th- top three dream episodes that you would like to do? So essentially your, your dream people you'd like to interview. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, yeah. Oh God, there's so many. I mean, um, like wh- when I started, 
uh, I drew up like a, a huge list of people I wanted on the show, like on an Excel file and like a hundred plus people I would like to have on the show at some point. A lot of them I've already had on the show and there's a lot that I might never have because, <laughs> as you said, they're, they're dream guests. So uh, the first one that comes to mind is definitely Netsky. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm from... I'm, I'm from Belgium, yeah. shout out mm. any Belgians listening to this podcast, and Netsky is like, it's like probably, probably if not the the person that got me into drum and bass properly, his first album was like on repeat when it came out in, when it came out in Belgium in 2010 or something, I just had it on repeat and I just loved that album, second album was a huge banger. Um, so he would be like one like dream guest for sure. Um, he would be one, uh, probably, uh, Rob Swire from Pendulum, mm. um, just because Pendulum was one. So I'm more from the rock metal, metal scene before John Bass and yeah. like a lot of people I've spoken to or other people, Pendulum was the bridge into drum and bass from that rock world. It very much, much was that for me. Personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we might have talked about it yeah. the, when, you, when you came on, but mm. uh, it came back with a lot of other guests. was like, oh yeah, I was playing in bands, we were doing rock and metal, and then I heard Pendulum. And then I heard Pendulum, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah. that came up like so many times. And for me, it was the same thing. I was very much in the, in the rock, punk rock, uh, metal scene and uh i remembered like this really sounds stupid and cringy but i remember the day i saw the clip for uh um witchcraft after immersion oh, album yeah. um kind of underwater with this kind of um like woman siren underwater and mm. i remember watching it it was actually funny enough in ireland like i was living in belgium but in ireland at my cousin's place and they had a satellite with a ton of different music channels, which I never had in Belgium. And I'm pretty sure this one was on, on Kerrang. I don't know if that still exists or not, but uh, they had a rock magazine as well. And I still remember like watching that that clip and first being blown away by, by the clip and uh, the aesthetics of it. And then just being like, okay, what, like, what is this music? Like, it's so like, different to what our norm so, was on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like... The this, production. This, yeah, but like the the singing, like Rob's obviously he's singing and like the mm. melodies he pulls out are like amazing and the the way he harmonizes his voice and stuff are amazing. But there was that kind of pop aspect that made it accessible, like in his melodies and the guitars that were like rock guitars I'd heard, but then yeah. the drums were like so like in your face and so busy. I was like, geez, what is this? Like I've never heard about this. And and that was like a big moment for me. So Coming back to your question, Rob Swire would be one, like, one day I'd love to. Um, and a third one, maybe more in the uh, possible, plausible realm, uh, I'd say Metric. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of his music. And and I've watched a ton of his, like, um, track breakdowns and, and production tutorials, etc. And he sounds like such a nice guy. He sounds like the guy who would like agree to come on my podcast, so uh, he'd probably mm. be one as well. Nice, interesting choices there. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to hear Rob come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That, that would be a great one. Imagine the whole band coming on. That would be something. Yeah, that. Would yeah. Be <laughs> yeah. But but this being said, like um, obviously, I'm saying this with having already 30 episodes done. Because mm-hmm. if you're asking me this when I only had five episodes, Telamic w- would have been one. Like you <laughs> yeah. would have been yeah. on that list. Um, Henry would have been one. Um, who else would have been one? Like those two are like the first that that jumped to mind. Where mm. like even before starting the podcast, I was like, okay, at some point, I want these guys on. Yeah, just two so, people in mind that you you were just like, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. Helps that they're two of like the nicest guys we know as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 a recurring thing, really. You know, it's yeah, it's rare that you come across someone who's just a bit unbearable, you know, in the drum mm. bass scene. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, not yet. And then yeah, now yes. you've met yeah. me and Toby, so... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting on that, like, bad podcast experience. Because, mm. like, uh, with every episode, like, 99% of the people I've had on, I haven't... I've never spoken to them before they actually yeah. come on the show. Like, like we've exchanged messages to, like, set it up and yeah. details, etc. But, like... I'm new to the scene. I don't know these, like I'm not in, do, in those networks. So I'm still waiting on that one day where somebody says yes. And then the episode is like a disaster and there's no vibe. And it, like, it's just an awful episode and I have to like almost stop the recording or something. Mm. But yeah, it still hasn't happened. So fingers crossed. <laughs> I feel, I feel like that would probably be quite a hard thing to do because. Agreed. Yeah. I think if you're going to agree to go on a podcast, you, you, the main goal is to not come across as a dickhead, you know? Yeah. So, so it's yeah. almost like, yeah. Yeah. They'll, yeah. Do, they'll, they'll do their biggest effort to uh, come across and be vibey yeah, yeah. essentially, which yeah, is absolutely. a great, a great plus for us uh, hosts, you know? True. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It leads to an interesting point, though. So, um, obviously, we've been talking about things you've learnt from people's episodes. And um, sometimes when we have guests as well, there'll be something where they'll say something, but maybe we don't fully agree with it. Was there ever something a guest told you where you think, hold on, I don't think that's true? Hmm. Or not, I don't think that's true, but I don't think I fully agree with this. Yeah, yeah. Um... Like on the spot right now, I'm. This is a serious on the spot question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a proper I'm just one. Like, like in on him. I'm, I'm, I'm delving into like fifty plus hours of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I don't know how many I've, I've put out at this stage. Um, so I, I, I know it has happened because <clears throat> yeah, I can, of course. I, I, like I can remember the feeling of like, hmm, like I'm not sure yeah. I agree entirely with you. Now. As much as possible, I try to avoid like political subjects of um, like everything that's happening with COVID and government reactions, yeah, uh, lockdowns, mm. vaccines, etc. Like those are like touchy subjects, and and I think it's normal that they are, and I, I think it's great people have different opinions on them. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> sometimes I spend too much time on Twitter, and it seems like. It's almost bad that people have different opinions on certain things. Of course, yeah. So that's a Twitter, whole. <clears throat> yeah, and <laughs> I'm actually really considering just like dropping Twitter because. Yeah. But but that's we can talk about that afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I try to avoid like those kind of subjects because obviously I want to keep it like enjoyable, and we're here mm-hmm. to talk about music and art mm-hmm. and drum bass, and sometimes pol- politics come in the discussion but I try to avoid that as much as possible 
so I haven't had like a moment where I was like really wait like that's like not true because coming back to what Toby was saying a lot of the stuff we talk about is subjective yeah so <laughs> there isn't really the opportunity to say okay you're wrong I'm right <laughs> yeah 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 but I guess the there are times yeah I couldn't put my finger on it precisely but there were times where somebody yeah would say something about their process or what up and coming producers should do maybe where I was like mm. Mm, yeah I'm not sure if that's yeah. the, the best way to to do it but yeah I can put my finger on one example specifically that's fair. I know that was a tricky question <laughs> yeah. that was a very tricky <laughs> <laughs> oh dear back in the corner here <laughs> don't worry I'm sure you have questions for us as well oh <laughs> uh, yeah plenty <laughs> I mean, yeah, at the time this comes out publicly, we would have been on your show as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the funny thing with, with podcasts is I record, like, because it's weekly, I sometimes mm. record three, four weeks in advance. Oh, and not, yeah. yeah. And not in the specific order the episodes will actually come out, depending on when guests want their episode to come out with releases, whatever. Of course, So, yeah. so it's, it's always like a mental exercise of saying, when you're talking about somebody's release, like has it actually come out or not? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's if you're talking if you're talking about somebody you've had on the podcast, is that episode actually out by the time people are listening to this or not? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it. so yeah, so for people listening to this, we're the seventeenth of April. You guys are coming on my show. I'm obviously on your show now. Karen, I forget which episode is coming out first. <laughs> uh, um, so you'd but, be uh, coming yeah. you'd have us on first and then we'll have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's on the I'm same Monday week. You, you get... So, um, ladies and yeah, gentlemen, yeah, yeah. if um, you want to hear us be the guests, which is actually really terrifying to me at the moment, uh, check out <laughs> Simon's show. It's going to be great. That'll be great. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah. really scared just because I've never sat on the. I mean, I'm sure Quite you're a... feeling like this right now that it seems strange being on the guest side when you've done. I mean, for me, I've been doing. I mean, for for us the episodes are monthly but i have been doing this for two years now and it's just scary thinking yeah that's true you, know, you have always been in the host spot haven't you yeah exactly and i mean yeah it was stink breaks before this we were the basics podcast and before that i used mm. to do a sh- i used to do like this thing called the delight cast on delight dmb's youtube channel mm-hmm. um which i need to bring back yeah, but yeah again yeah. there i interviewed people as well i have yet to be a guest so i'm just there yeah. like oh! <laughs> <laughs> but honestly I, I like i'm i'm loving this discussion so far uh mm. and i love being like actually in the guest spot for once because i can just ramble on and then when yeah. i want to stop i can just stop and i don't have to be thinking about the next question the next topic which i yeah. usually do so exactly so i'm just gonna stop now yeah <laughs> <laughs> um speaking about mental exercises though by the time this comes out your new single with our good friend Echo Motion will have come out on Headspace. Yes, uh, yes, it'll be out. Twenty um, third, is it? Is it? I can't. Rem- yeah, twenty third, twenty third. Next, uh, uh, next, next Friday. Next Friday, yeah. so that's the twenty third. Ne- yeah. yeah, next Friday at the time of recording, or last Friday at the time. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, like, yeah, yeah. how did that come about? Was that a recent track that was probably? Because uh, obviously, for those who don't know, Headspace albums are uh, done by Beats in Mind and all the profits go to charity. So it's a great, great, great cause. Um, but yeah, uh, so Mill Street and Jack are on 
the first single. Uh, Toby, you've yeah. been on uh, Headspace once. I'm in Headspace soon as well, so that's going to be fun. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, do you want to talk about your track? Yeah, yeah. So how it came about? Um, yeah. So the way Pixies is putting out these compilations is um, like several singles leading up to the full compilation. So I was like super grateful to be like on the first <laughs> single because obviously mm-hmm. that puts a bit more of the spotlight uh, on you. And so, yeah, so I have one track called uh, Help Myself and then Jack has uh, his track called uh, Rescued, uh, both of which coming out, uh, will be out by now again. Um, so, yeah, so that was actually quite a, it was one of the first Maybe not the first, not the first track, but the early tracks I did when I started producing more seriously last year. So, so that track was written probably like a year ago, maybe a bit more. Um, but it took quite a long time to get it get it sounding like all right, uh, because like uh, like composing ideas and stuff is all fine, but then actually getting your mix down right when you're just starting out is a whole other thing. So. Um, so that track took a bit of time and yeah, I had it laying around and hadn't really found any or hadn't really tried to push it out. I'm not sure why exactly. And I had Pixies on the show for episode five talking about um, Headspace and Beats in Mind and uh, how that project came to be and uh, talked about a lot about mental health because that's the, the charities that this compilation supports. And... So that, so that was my first like interaction with her and then we've kept in contact and I forget when or where it might have been on my Facebook group, the podcast Facebook group, but she said she was like looking for demos for the next compilation. And so I told her, okay, I obviously I would love to be on, on this compilation because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to a lot of people. Um, some of my favorite tracks actually came out on, on that compilation Shout out to actually Henry and Lennis who put out You Got Me. I think it was the previous compilation, mm. volume I three. Four, I forget three, or four. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But that was last year and that was like one of my favorite tracks of the year. I, I just love that track. And so that came out on, on that compilation. So, so I sent her six, seven tracks <clears throat> and told her to pick whatever she wanted uh, in there for, for the compilation. Uh, and yeah, and she, she picked, uh, help myself. So yeah, super grateful, stoked to be part of that compilation. Um, and yeah, regarding the track specifically, um, couldn't tell you too much about it. Just the, the main like piano sample. Um, I sampled it from some like obscure, obscure track on some obscure Spotify playlist, like, you type atmospheric piano, find some really like, <laughs> uh, like sub five k plays, and then you sample some piano, rework it completely so it's like unrecognizable. So just took a few notes of that, kind of looped it, reversed some parts, and then, yeah, that melody kind of stuck out to me when it, it kind of just like happened, like I was messing with chopped up samples of, of that piano, and then I don't know something kind of clicked, like that melody was like okay, I, like I like this. Um, and then built the track from there, basically. Um, so yeah, I'm quite happy with that track now. Like when I listen back to it now, obviously I'm like, I would have done the mix down completely different. Like the drums seem 
like I would do the drums differently, and but that's the eternal yeah. struggle of, of being a producer. Say, I, <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you'll say that about every single one of your tunes yeah. for the rest of your life because it's just it's, it never ends. It's a never ending battle, <laughs> especially yeah. with how long it takes for some music to come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah but what yeah. you were saying with it taking like a year for you to kind of like really, you know, kind of perfect it or whatever. I think that's a good approach to be doing at the point you're at mm. because it's yeah, it's it's just where you want to kind of get to. So to be doing that from the get go and really trying to perfect it is just nothing but positive things really. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, it's, something, were, it's something yeah. we can probably talk about in the afterthought as well for our patrons, but the whole idea mm. of how our society is obviously very focused on instant gratification. That's not exactly something mm. that works in a creative field because Things won't no, just come to you no. on a plate within the next minute. I'm not going to be like signed to hospital by tomorrow, for example. You know, you have to put in the work. Yeah, and that's one of the thing. Uh, one of the things like I really learned through doing the podcast um, mm. is like patience is key. Like it's such a like cliche thing to say, but again, like what I found out with the podcast and, and speaking to people, like a lot of cliches are actually true. And that's yeah. why they become cliches <laughs> yeah. because there's actually a lot of merit. Uh, there's a lot of merit to them, and and patience, like the importance of patience, is like one that I keep reminding myself of because obviously the podcast I want it to grow. Like I have a lot of like vision of where I want to bring it and people I want to have on and what I want it to become. But you can't push these things. Like it, it has. Like you can do your marketing and stuff, but in the end, you have to be patient. You have to just grind at it every week come back with new episodes etc and just build it and slowly and slowly and i'm seeing that in like in like my stats it's i haven't had any major bump with any episode like it's just a slow grind like every episode gets a bit more listens attracts new listeners who listen back to previous episodes and it just grows slowly and you can't speed up that process it's just like you have to be patient keep working at it and i think it it really holds true for um for music production as well, like to achieve a, if, if you have very high goals, like to achieve those, it's just going to take time. And that's the, mm. the simple truth of it. Yeah. Right on, man. And I think not yeah, just um, pay. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. No, no, you no, go no, ahead. Go. You go ahead. No, because I, I was going to, I was going to take it down a completely different path. So you go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> See the troubles of having two hosts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, feel like we've been very like, uh, philosophical and stuff here so if you want to of bring course. it down a notch feel free <laughs> I was going to take it a step further um, oh Jesus I was okay, say, let's apart, go <laughs> like, obviously we talk about patience being great for music and stuff but I think there's also the point of you need to be able to adapt to anything that's happening around your music podcasting and so on for example so for example if you if you release done a great single and then all of a sudden it starts picking up traction like you don't know why, mm. but I don't know. Maybe it's suddenly reached number one in Estonia or something. That's just a very extreme yeah. example. But the whole idea of being able to adapt to things like that and use that new knowledge as ways to better yourself next time. So, yeah. for example, you might think, uh, I don't know, this tune you released last month was rubbish because it got 20 plays on Spotify in one month. But then two mm. months later, you see, oh, it's suddenly bumped up to 400 plays all of a sudden. What's going on? Yeah. Being able to adapt to that and know what's going on is key. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's yeah definitely being able to adapt and, and trying to learn from what resonates with people is important, mm. even though as like... As artists, we tend to be like, okay, I want to do what I love and what I enjoy, and this is my art. But there's also an aspect of what do people enjoy, what do people resonate with, and trying to tap into that as well. I don't mm. think that's like a bad thing. Uh, some people might view it as a bad thing. I don't think it's it's a bad thing. It's just being like in tune with with your fan base, uh, and so that holds for music. There's a nice fine balance that can be reached, you know, for sure. Yeah, definitely. knowing what works. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same for, for like the podcast, like episodes that like there's people I want to speak to. But then if one episode specifically resonates with people, I'll try to understand, OK, what what made that episode stand out for people? Um, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 tricky with the podcast because there's <clears throat> sometimes like there's so many different factors that make an episode like do well quote-unquote in terms of streams like some guests i have on will reshare the episode on facebook and instagram post and twitter and they'll almost send an email to their fans saying oh like like really push it out yeah some some others won't like won't promote it at all like not a not a mention almost which like is obviously fine it's their uh their choice there's like uh no obligation to, to share anything um, and then there's like obviously higher profile guests, lower profile guests. And so sometimes like in a, if an episode like Zero T, that episode did really well. Okay, like what is it due to exactly? Is, is it just his high profile? Is it because he shared it a lot? Um, it wasn't in video format. So maybe there's no interest for video format. Like sometimes yeah. it's hard to connect the dots and sometimes you just have to also just push content and... Some episodes will do well, and and that's great. And then just keep on keep on working. So yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah. So what were you going to mention earlier? Sorry. Oh yeah. So now I was going to uh, just kind of take the take it just down a different kind of route, really, um, because obviously you you're born and bred Belgium, as you said, yeah. and you've lived yeah, yeah. in China. Which yeah, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, yeah, Hong you Kong. To, of course, you have yeah, to be Hong, careful with that. Yeah, yeah, Hong Kong, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then obviously in Ireland now. Um, yeah. So obviously, like Belgium is very, it's a very kind of drum bassy. You know, it's got a kind of big drum bass culture. Um, and then you went over to Hong Kong. Was there any yeah. kind of recognizable kind of drum bass culture all over there? Like what? What? Like how? Like what were the kind of differences <laughs> just going over there, and what were the things you kind of like yeah. learned, picked up on? I know it's a bit of a broad question, but. No, no, For no, someone so like myself who's just literally <laughs> lived in the UK all my life, I, I, I always like hearing people's kind of, uh, you know, yeah. experiences and, <laughs> and perspectives of all the, of moving about, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so in terms of like, is there a drone-based scene in Hong Kong? The, the short answer would be no. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the long answer would be fuck no. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, uh, but to, 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 like, to be honest, I didn't like... Uh, I I wasn't like actively exploring like every week. Okay, yeah. where is there a dr- like there there were drum and bass like nights and stuff, but like the the nightlife, so to speak, in in Hong Kong. Obviously, there's a big nightlife, but it's more uh, quote unquote commercial nightlife than a uh, like what you guys have in in Britain, where there's like really drum and bass hotspots and nightclubs with, that will only put on drum and bass yeah. or mm. uh, garage or, or whatever in all uh, cities like, as well you know <clears throat> it's just like it's yeah pretty inescapable <laughs> yeah yeah 
you don't really get that in Hong Kong. You get the more commercial, right, yeah. commercial nightclubs with commercial music. And what what was actually great was that you'd have a lot of um, like, especially actually when like lockdowns. Uh, well, we didn't have a lockdown in Hong Kong, which was great, but like restrictions. Um, you'd have these like illegal like raves and that was like so much fun because there's a ton of nature in Hong Kong. There's a ton of like mountains and almost like jungle and stuff. And so you'd get like this message saying, okay, there's a rave at this, this place where you have to take a taxi for like one hour and then walk, like almost hike in the jungle for <laughs> half an hour. And then you get to a spot and you have like a little rave. Uh, nice. And that was like so much so much fun that was like had nothing to do with drone bass it was just electronic electronic music um but those that was so much fun because i never experienced like those kind of um and yeah when i say like illegal raves it was like super like nice it wasn't like people were like shooting up (laughs) it, it, it was nothing like that it was like really super fun and there was like um because it was free to attend, so then you'd have a box where you could like drop off a bit of money for the organizers and like nice. really super like great spirit basically and 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 great people. Um, so that was that was great. I went to a few of those and obviously had never like uh, gone to that kind of rave in in Belgium. Mm. Uh, but in terms of like what I missed most in like staying on music in Hong Kong was like the the concerts. Like there isn't really, like Belgium is really well known for, for concerts. We have a lot of, like for our, the size of the country, we have a lot of uh, concert venues and a lot of different sizes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you only get the Rolling Stones or a random dude that nobody, like indie guy, nobody knows. Like you have everything in between because you have so many different venues of different sizes, which which I love. And you didn't get you didn't have that in hong kong because rent is so expensive in hong kong it's right. the most expensive in the world the venues there charge like super high price and so you only get uh madonna and rolling stones and and green day like you only get those huge concerts and so what i missed there was like the more like smaller venues where i can see my like local metal band and 500 people like in the room and yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. so that was, yeah, that was quite, uh, hard, but, um, otherwise, like, I mean, in terms of like the experience, uh, as a whole, I'd encourage everybody and anybody to live abroad at some point mm-hmm. in their life. Uh, obviously everybody has different life circumstances and opportunities and that kind of stuff. So I'm obviously speaking from a quite privileged point of view. But if you do have the opportunity to even go for a few months abroad, it doesn't have to be like this huge commitment. I would definitely advise or suggest to do it because you learn so much being first being away from where you grew up. So being away from like things, you know, your friends, family, etc. You learn so much about like yourself and mm-hmm. your values and all that stuff that you take for granted. And you just get exposed to new ways of thinking, uh, new ways of of doing things, of doing business, of communicating, everything. So all in all, obviously it was a strange experience with COVID happening while we were in, in, in Hong yeah, Kong. Right. But um, uh, absolutely amazing experience, uh, all in all, yeah. Nice. 
I feel like I'm interviewing for a job here. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, I just also want to point out if the Hong Kong authorities are listening to this, we at Think Breaks are not responsible for Simon going to illegal raves. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Actually. So uh, you failed that interview. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have mentioned that. If it yeah, was good idea. <laughs> um, we just have one final question before we wrap yeah. up. And this again is a patron question and it's actually for all three of us. So whoever wants to jump in first, okay. go for it. Um, the question is, has podcasting made you feel more connected to the larger scene? And if so, how? Interesting. I'll let you go first. I've talked so much already. Go for it, Tobes. Um, connected to the larger scene. It might be more, this might be a controversial answer. Not that controversial, but I feel more, maybe more connected to the smaller scene, which is mm. like, okay. I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah, I just feel a bit more connected to the people in my circle if you know what i mean and a bit more confident mm. with kind of interacting with them but then i guess in in turn that does result in being more confident to the larger scene you know because yeah naturally when you get more ripple. confidence you yeah you just you can approach like bigger names and feel less intimidated you know um mm. but yeah for me i think doing the podcasts if it's if it's uh done anything for me it's just yeah just made me so much more confident in myself and my ability, you know, mm. when, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Karen? Um, I think I agree for the most part, to be fair, like it's definitely made me more connected to the, to our scene as well, especially for us. Cause we've got a discord server of like a hundred people, yeah. which you have joined us, Simon. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, um, by the way, I love your discord. Uh, thank you. And I've, I've only discovered discord like recently and joined like a bunch of channels and, your channel is the only one I actually interact with almost. So. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and really I'm sure did. like a lot of people, especially since it's for the podcast, a lot of people are happy that you're here as well as yeah. our podcasting brother, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely helped me because now a lot of those people in this Discord server, before they were just artists I knew, uh, artists I knew whose music I'd hear. Yeah. Sometimes some of them would send me demos for Detached, but now they've become friends. People who, um, people who, if it's on a Friday night or something, I'll jump in the voice channel and we'll just hang out. Uh, mm. Playing like, chess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like Simon and I were on call once, like, was it two weeks ago? And me and Joe Fuller Love were just playing chess the whole yeah. time. That sort of thing. I, you, you wouldn't get that. I don't think no. I would have got that if the podcast didn't exist. Yeah, um, totally. Just, just quickly, just quickly, a prime example for that as well with me is obviously, I think I mentioned it before, but... Uh, maybe not on a podcast episode, I can't remember really, but I used to dance around in a field pretty off my nut to Terry Shodan's track, <laughs> Gimme the Girl. Oh. And in no way did I ever think I would end up like, like you know, meeting him and getting to talk to him and having like a bit of a banter and joke on with him like we do now, you know, and actually yeah, him yeah. having some involvement in the in the podcast, you know, and what we do. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Such, it's such a small world, the drum and bass scene. Yeah, mm. shouts to Showdown for that one. And it's the same for me as well, because um, for me, what got me into wanting to produce drum and bass is my co-host, Toby, right? Mm. Yeah. His tune, his tune, What I Want, on Rush Records, and I was there like, oh my God, I want to know how to produce stuff like that. I didn't and know then, that. That's super yeah. cool. And then obviously, he could, like we used to be the Basics podcast, and he was Basics' first release. And then 
uh, Jack sent me a screenshot of Toby saying, oh, I'd love to come on the podcast sometime. And I'm like, wait, is that Colossus? Yeah. Are you the Colossus? <laughs> Cause, exactly. Because what was so funny about all that is I was like, probably equal, well, definitely equally as nervous about it than yeah. to probably what you guys were, even though like neither of us really probably even realized that either of us were nervous about it. So yeah, we're all just exactly. nervous about and- it. Like, especially with Toby, it's weird because I like, obviously back in the day, this guy was like the reason I produce, but now he's one of my best mates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've made tunes together. He's remixed me and we even play video games together. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, come on. The perfect package, eh? yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My man. But the sad, the sad thing is, I still haven't met him yet. I know. Soon, soon, come, yeah. soon come, man. Yeah. Soon come. And he's come give you a bear hug the whole lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Over to but, you now, Simon. How do you has podcasting made you feel more connected? Go on. Yeah, but ju- ju- just on what just on what you said there, like like jokes aside, that's like super inspiring. Like mm. the fact that that you listen to somebody, you're a fan of their music, and then you end up like hosting a podcast together. Mm. Yeah, like I think that's like for anybody who's thinking of starting a podcast, who who maybe is not that confident about reaching out to people he he or she looks up to. Like just what he shared there, I think was really inspiring, and and that's the whole reason I do my podcast is to be able to bring up those stories to the surface, yeah, and yeah. so people realize it's it's like all these things are not like just dreams. Like for me, if you told me two years ago that I'd be speaking with like Telomic and just chatting about the scene, I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Like no way, exactly. And then and then now it's like it doesn't like it's not that it seems normal, but uh, it's like. Yeah, I've done it, and it's like it, it, it wasn't impossible. So yeah, mm. um, I guess, yeah, I guess for me, like to, to, to your question, it's uh, I often say like I I was a nobody, and I still consider myself a nobody with <laughs> within the scene. But like podcasting has like extended my network and the people I know and interact with so much. Like there's no other way I would have met so many people and made so many friends within the scene learned so many things etc without the podcast that would have been like impossible I I think I talked about it on episode 30 but I've collaborated with somebody who's been on a podcast and somebody who's been a big inspiration to me uh, and the track's been confirmed on one of his EPs which is on a I would consider quite a big label nice and and when I think back to when I was just listening to this guy's music, I'm like, there's no way we're going to actually write a track together. And like, so yeah, so all that to say, like uh, all of this would not be possible without podcasting. And that's what like Mm. podcasting has brought to me. And definitely, as you said, like it's not just about the guests and the artists that you look up to that you get to connect with, but also all the people that listen to the podcast and the actual... Because the scene is as much the people who make the music as the people who li- who listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like <laughs> if you only have half of it, there's no scene. So, um, so yeah. So shout out to all the people who listen to to my podcast, your podcast, who reach out with with feedback, with with, with comments saying uh, that they enjoy the podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the prime reason I'm I'm still doing it after thirty plus weeks is that whenever I get one of those messages is like, fuck yeah, I'm doing another one and another one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And another 30. 
You know, that's actually a good um, little segue for us right now. You can actually review our podcast, <laughs> both our podcasts on Podchaser. Yeah. Uh, I was I was actually going to say one last thing, actually. Yeah, that, go on. Um, the whole thing about podcasting and, you know, connecting with these people who were dreams at first. At the end of the day, they are all just humans like us doing the same yeah. old thing. Yeah, absolutely. And 100%. now that brings us to the end of the show. Yeah. Um, we'll do our wrap up bits first. But first, Simon, if you want to let the audience know where they can find you on your socials, Last Week Liquid, a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. I've asked that question so many times to guests, and now I have to plug in my own stuff. <laughs> so it's like, okay. What are my socials? <laughs> so wait, where am I on again? I think Facebook, yeah. Uh, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, so the track we talked about, Help Myself on, on Headspace, will be out by now. So if you can check it out on, on Spotify, if you want to buy it, uh, that's, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, but if you just want to listen to it and let me know what you think of it, uh, I'd love that. And check out the rest of the compilation. Obviously, it's Pixies, but it's a lot of work behind those compilations. And Shout there's a lot of people involved in it. So definitely check out the whole compilation when it comes out. Um, in terms of myself, uh, there's other bits of music coming out uh, later this year. Uh, I I don't think I can mention anything at this at this stage, but uh, a few a few tracks left and right that will be coming out. So really happy to keep putting out some music. Um, in terms of the podcast, so yeah, for anybody who's uh, hearing about me for the first time, which I'm sure there's quite a few. Hi, my name is Simon, and I host Last Week Liquid Podcast. <laughs> oh, there's the it intro. Out. There it is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, we've uh, done it. <laughs> it's like Inception podcast section yeah. right now, you know? I, I, can, I can probably say it, like, in my, like, sleeping now at this point. <laughs> but, uh, um, so, yeah, so you can check it out on, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, I'm starting to put a few more episodes out on video format on YouTube as well, but that's not a regular thing yet. Um, but yeah, basically every Monday morning you will get a new episode with uh, a new guest. That is my promise to my community. So check that out. And if you enjoy it uh, and you want to interact with the podcast, you can come on Facebook. Um, the group is called Last Week Liquid Podcast Community. And that's just a way for me to understand who people want to see on the show, what topics they want to see discussed, get feedback on episodes, all of that good stuff. So all of that happens on Facebook. And so if you want to check out my music, it's Mill Street. Uh, I'm at Mill Street DNB pretty much everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. Um, and uh, is that all? Yeah, and the podcast has its own Instagram page if you want to check that out as well, uh, at Last Week Liquid. Or check out my website at www.lastweekliquid.com. Uh, everything is there. I probably could have just said that first <laughs> <laughs> because everybody, every, everything's there and I'm trying to put more on the, the website. So lastweekliquid.com if you want. Uh, and before we shut off, yeah, just want to say, guys, I love your podcast and it was one of the like inspirations for me to start my own podcast uh, oh, as tough. well. And I loved having this chat. I really enjoyed it and... Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, you're well, always welcome, back. mate. And you're always welcome back anytime as well. Um, yeah, no, it's so nice to see another drum bass podcast, like you know, a real podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shots fired. But yeah, 
Just fired. Um, but yeah, that is the end of episode four. Our guest was Mill Street. Thank you once again. Uh, if you guys want to review this episode, go to podchaser.com slash podcast. And also, if you guys want to check out Simon's podcast and leave him a review, you can go to podchaser.com slash lastweekliquid, I believe. Is that URL confirmed? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good, yeah. Last week with Liquid. So yeah, give him reviews on his episode. Give us reviews on our episodes as well. Yeah, super, super helpful for us. And just, you know, yeah, we appreciate our, every single one. Yeah, it helps us grow our shows as well. And, uh, you know, helps us know what works for you guys and what you guys would like to see more of. Uh, for our patrons as well, you might have noticed we had a lot of patron questions today. So shout out to our patrons. If you guys want to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash thinkbreaks. We have bonus shows. We have early access to episodes. And, you know, we give you the chance to um, ask questions for our guests like we asked you for Simon. So uh, consider hopping in. And um, we're actually going to probably start looking some more new content. So stay tuned mm. for that. Yeah, interesting. Keep, Until keep, then, keep your eyes out for that news, you know. <laughs> yes, and speaking <laughs> of patron content, uh, while we wrap up the show, we're going to go record one of our bonus episodes with Simon himself. So we've been Dig Breaks. He's been Simon. You've been amazing. See you next month. Peace. Thank you very much, guys. Peace. Cheers. Kabasi. <laughs> <laughs>